Welcome to Music Monday, where each week we explore different music and the stories behind it. This week, music director Monty Daniel was able to chat with Logan Ledger, an up-and-coming country artist who channels old western aesthetics. They chatted about songs off his new album, as well as mythical creatures and what sparked his love for country and bluegrass. Let's listen in to their conversation, only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Howdy folks, this is Logan Ledger. You're tuned in to 90.5 KCSU Colorado State University. So the first thing I have, I know you've been asked this before, but just so that our listeners will kind of know, um, can you speak a little bit about your background and your inspirations with your music? Well, you know, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, and I was sort of a musical child growing up, and my grandmother introduced me to a lot of old old music to start off with, like Elvis and Orbison and the Platters and doo-wop music and just that kind of thing and that's probably where I was first inspired to start singing but for a while I kind of probably just listened to whatever was on the radio or whatever my parents were playing which would have been you know, I don't know classic rock different adult contemporary music of, of the era but uh, I had a guitar teacher when I was 12 11 years old that introduced me to Doc Watson and Mississippi John Hurt and you know, I started got the folk music bug, and from there on, I was pretty much down the pathway that I'm where I'm you know, still at. Awesome. And what do you think really kind of drew you to the genre? Um, I think I've always been kind of a, you know, a history nerd, so that was part of it probably, just something old and mysterious and, uh, you know, arcane, that aspect of, of folk music kind of drew me in. But, you know, the singing is what got me probably eventually. And, you know, when I got into country music, I just got super um, obsessive about country singing as an art form. And I don't know. I was into bluegrass for a long time, too. I, you know, the first instrument that I started playing seriously was uh, bluegrass banjo after guitar. So, you know, I went through the whole bluegrass school, too. Yeah. What would you want people to know about country or bluegrass music that they might not know about? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's way more diverse probably than people that aren't familiar with it really would think, you know, but maybe people don't, I don't know. People are smarter now than I give them credit for probably a lot of the time, but I don't know. There's just, um, certainly country music has, there's a lot of, you know, stereotypes, some of which are true, you know, but it's, a uh, a very deep and uh, complex tradition, and uh, there's a lot of value in it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, could you maybe speak a little bit more on that? Um, well, I mean, it's so there's just so much, whether you're talking about country music as a document of the human experience or just like the aesthetic value of country music, the, the different instrumental traditions. So, yeah, there's so many... So many layers. I mean, it's just you know, it's it's vernacular music. It's a uh, on some level, even though it's it's commercial music. Country music is a commercial genre. You know, it didn't the term country music didn't even exist until like the '40s or something. I think uh, the term country and western was pretty much invented for radio play and selling records and those kinds of things. But you know, there are echoes in country music as there are in all you know sorts of rootsy American music of things that are probably pretty pretty old. You know, and that's interesting. You know, trying to delve into uh, the more mysterious musical aspects of humanity. Yeah, and then I wanted to go more into your album that you released, uh, if that's all right with you. 
Yes, of course. So I absolutely love the album. We've got it playing on KCSU right now. Thank you. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> but I wanted to talk um, specifically about two songs on the album. Uh, the first one being Nobody Knows. And the sea turns black as So could you give me a little bit of background on that song, maybe some of the inspirations on that song? Well, nobody knows. I think uh, that one was sort of more of a mood and a title before it was a, a song, really. You know, it's just it just sounded like something that Orbison would sing or like a title of an old film noir movie or something. So it kind of was, I mean, so many of, so much of the country music songwriting thing is kind of writing the song around the title. So this is sort of an example of that. I think Cindy Walker, the great uh, country songwriter, said that she didn't, she started every song with the title, you know, kind of. So this is sort of fitting within that tradition. I kind of started it without knowing where it was going to go. But, uh, you know, I think it was originally in a major key and you know kind of was going down this sort of sort of a standard country music route but then i started thinking about um you know that hank williams song rambling man with sort of minor minor feeling that minor mood i thought maybe it would sit good in that so i, I turned it into this minor sort of you know spanish sounding guitar song but uh you know i think i went in to make the demo um, with my friends Dennis and, and mark before I'd actually even written the final chorus. And I didn't really know how I was going to end the song, and then I thought, of, you know, why don't I? I had this flash, and I thought, oh, what if I'm nobody? So that kind of tied the song in a nice little bow right there. <laughs> Maybe it's a little heavy-handed, but, uh, you know, nobody knows because I'm nobody. It just wrote itself, really, so didn't want to argue with it. Yeah, I really I actually liked the ending a lot because it was, it was interesting because I wasn't expecting that at all. And I was listening, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like <laughs> this whole time, it's like some secret that was underlying the entire song. Yeah, and the, yeah, there wasn't uh, in the concept originally. That kind of just came to me right as I was finishing the song. So that's kind of noteworthy. I think. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't usually happen. That's sort of it was. That was sort of a magical one. You didn't. I don't really know where that one came from. It just happened. You kind of talked about like the darker sound of the song. Um, where do you think that kind of came from or what really made you want to stray towards a darker sound on the song? Well, you know, and since I was a kid, my ear has just strayed towards minor music. So I think my, it's sort of just a question of my own taste, probably. <laughs> but, um, I just like kind of dreamy, evocative Spanish minor key guitar music. So that's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. And then I wanted to talk about another song, which is kind of, in a lot of ways, I guess, kind of opposite of Nobody Knows, um, which is Let the Mermaids Flirt With Me. And I won't be alone in my home, sweet watery home. I'll be 
So could you give me a little bit of background and inspiration on this song? Yeah, that's a good a good one too, you know, because uh, I took the title from an old song that wasn't written by Mississippi John Hurt, but is, you know, is known from Mississippi John Hurt's catalog. And I think it was written by some, you know, I researched this a while ago, but it was written by some lawyer in the 1920s, but basically it's written to the tune, or I guess it might have been the 1930s, it's written to the tune of... Uh, Waiting for a Train, which is an old Jimmy Rogers song. Uh, the original Let the Mermaids Flirt With Me is not not my version. Um, you know, and uh, it's one of John Hurt's uh, many amazing, you know, fingerstyle vocal guitar pieces that I learned when I was a kid. Because, you know, I was kind of obsessed with, with John, John Hurt. And um, it kind of stuck with me. And then probably, you know, several years later when I was in my early 20s, I... Um, had a dream and I woke up that morning and I had the the first verse or the first sort of like you know in an old jazz standard you would call it a verse but you know the intro intro piece I had that and I wrote it down and um, the song was real simple and it, it's only that intro and, and the, the chorus but I didn't think it needed anything else and it's kind of my sort of an you know my homage to John Hurt in a way even though the song other than the title and the basic sort of premise it's not really there's no musical similarity you know the basic premise being that uh sort of a metaphor for death sort of a pleasant pleasant way to go really let the mermaids flirt with me (laughs) yeah for sure and obviously there's a reference to mermaids in the song pretty explicitly it's in the title so I wanted to know what's your opinion on like sirens or other kind of mythical creatures. Well, I definitely am. Uh, I think they're pretty far out. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I like uh, I like mystical uh, subject matter. You know, I'm sort of a whimsical dude. So uh, mermaids and ghosts and uh, crocodiles and riverboats and you know vampires find my way into find their way into my songs i think it's just sort of you know a matter of my sort of weirdo tastes why not try to you know paint kind of a weird uh mystical picture i mean that's sort of what um sort of what i like in in music so try to do it myself yeah exactly so this is kind of a big question but so you know, take your time if you need, but I was wondering what would you say is your major goal or message as an artist? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I think um, my goal as an artist is really just to, you know, kind of reinterpret the American folk tradition and kind of put a, my own spin on it. Really, broadly speaking, that's kind of kind of it. You know, I don't necessarily... Uh, have just one message every song is different and it's definitely going to change as I get older and you know my opinions will probably change but for this album you know I really wanted to um, to establish myself as an interpreter of the of the American sort of folk whatever you want to call it country music some sort of tradition you know for what it's worth some people like it some people won't (laughs) If you knew of somebody that was trying to get more into the genre, you know, just listening to it, 
who are some artists that you would recommend that they start listening to? You know, people are going to have different um, avenues that that lead them to, you know, basically the same place. You know, what, what worked for me to get into country music might, you know, not, you know, might uh, just pass on by another person. But for me, it really was, you know, the old stuff. So Hank Williams, you know, senior, old George Jones recordings. If we're talking about country music, you know, I think that's a really good uh, starting point for people listening. And some people probably their ears aren't necessarily accustomed to the way older recordings sound. So, you know, for some people it might be more like music of the seventies or, you know, something that's a little bit more accessible, but it's still really awesome. So I don't, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of great country music. There's great country music that's being made today. So I don't know. I'll just stick with that. Probably Hank Williams is probably the most foundational artist you can listen to. I think that's all the questions I have, unless you have anything else to say on any of the subjects or just anything at all. Well, you know, I just uh, want to reiterate that I think Fort Collins is a really awesome town, and I can't wait till I get back there. I'm a big fan of Colorado, and I'm a big fan of just the West in general. You know, I'm from California, and I've lived in Tennessee for almost seven years, and, you know, it's it's been good to me. And I, I like Tennessee, and I like Nashville, but, you know, I miss the West, so... Can't wait till I can get back out on the road and uh, see the Rocky Mountains once again. Well, you're welcome back here anytime whenever, you know, this whole craziness is all over. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, thank you, Monty. Yeah, thank you. Have a good rest of your day. You too. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you too. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Music Monday. Thank you to Cosign Artist Development Agency, Concord Records, Ledger's management team, and of course, Logan Ledger for making this possible. All music was used with permission from the artist, label, and management. Don't forget to come back next Monday for another episode of the KCSU Music Podcast, only on kcsufm.com slash podcasts.